0: 24-7, that's, that's living, okay, putting on is never taking it off, because once it's on, it's on, it's, it's about, it's, it's, you've you, you caught it, there it is, it's really living, and we talked about that living in and for Christ, that's what, that's what Paul is talking about in Ephesians, putting on this armor, and there's a specific reason that we're putting it on, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, there needs to
0: be a very specific reason that we put on the full armor of God and it doesn't get taken off. It's how we live. It's, it's, it's our life. It's our life and it needs to be our life. Otherwise, the battles, you'll get hammered in the battles. And Jesus came and he came, he said, to give us life and give it more abundantly. And so we have that abundance that's available to us in the present we don't have to wait for heaven for an abundant life in Christ. You see, we can have it now, but not if we don't put on the full armor of God. Because you'll be, you, you'll, be you'll just get hammered. Spiritually hammered. You ever feel spiritually down at any point in your, in your life? Chances are that the full armor of God is not understood or on, for sure. We have all these weapons, and and putting on really then becomes our all-in moment because it's a decision that we make to put to put on the armor is a decision that we make because God already gave it to us. He, he's not going <laughs> to give us any more. He's already given us everything that we need, and so it's a decision. For our all-in relationship with Jesus Christ, is that simple? Everybody wants to make it really complicated. Scott said it would really impressed upon me last week. He said, he says, you know, Billy says, I appreciate the teaching and everything, but I, I I liken it to be just a little bit more simple. And he's absolutely right, but not easy. Simple is absolutely correct. Just make the decision to be all in for Christ because He was all in for us, <laughs> you know. And so let's just be all in. Let's live our life that way. Now it takes practice though, doesn't it? The simplicity is, is that Christ is all in for us. Now let's put it into practice. Mm-hmm. So the war's won, the battle rages. <laughs> and that's the way it is, biblically. So we've looked at what? We've looked at three pieces of the armor in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The belt, the breastplate, and the shoes or the sandals, <laughs> right? And and it is the belt of what?
2: Truth. Right. Oh. Oh. The
0: Truth. The the breastplate of and the shoes or the sandals of the, gospel, of the gospel and we looked at what those things mean because they are metaphorically um, uh, uh, given to us in scripture and so we've looked at the metaphor for the belt from this Roman soldier that was always well equipped for battle they were always ready always ready and so now we look at the shield, the helmet, and the sword, and so uh, we we see in Ephesians six sixteen, if you're not in Ephesians, <laughs> is anybody in Ephesians right now? No. Perfect. Will you read Ephesians six sixteen? In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with with, with you with with you, my tongue, you can <laughs> extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Yeah, so two questions come to my mind, I don't know about yours, immediately when I read in addition to all of this, what he just told us, about the belt, the breastplate, and and the, sh- and the shoes or sandals of the gospel. So in addition to all of that, take up your shield of faith, he says. So the the first question that comes to my mind is, what is a shield? And the second question is, since we know that he's talking metaphorically in this case, what is faith? Because how are we going to take up the shield of faith if we don't know, A, what a shield is and what, what really what faith is? We have to understand that, don't we? If we're going to put it on, if we're going to live, then we have to understand that. So, uh, in, in the context, Paul is using here in Ephesians 6, um what is the purpose of the shield of faith? It's a packed verse.
2: John? I, I would say, from a metaphorical standpoint, it's the first line of defense.
0: Mm. First line of defense. Well, we're going to look at both the D and the offense of it. Okay? Because the first thing we have to do anybody do any research on the shield during this last week? You
3: don't wear a shield.
0: Mm, okay, you don't you wear can a shield. You get
1: up and
3: use <laughs> it. You okay. hold it. You don't put it's not something you wear.
0: Okay, you can hit people with it. Okay, there's
3: And the Roman <laughs> shields were made out of stretched leather that were pretty light. I mean, they're kind of lightweight compared uh-huh. so to the sword because <coughs> they used it in the opposite hand, but they were still taut enough that they repelled.
0: Good. So you know a little bit about a Roman shield. A little. Anybody know anything well, else about... I don't have a people. Yo también. Anybody else know anything about the Roman shields? It's like a door. It can be open or closed. Oh, like a door. Okay, that's good. And it's shaped to so like That's good. Now, there's two um, kinds of Roman shields.
1: Yeah.
0: There were two kinds. This is going to make some sense to you. There's the small round one. That was built for hand-to-hand combat, because, you know, there's a sword in the other hand, or some other implement of war, but there was, for real close encounters with the enemy, there was the round shield. But that's not the shield that Paul is referring to here. He's referring to a shield that is the larger version of the shield that is more armor because he's talking about extinguishing all of the flaming arrows. (coughs) Forget the evil one for just a second and let's not talk metaphorically, let's talk actually. So now we have two shields. We have one that's small that was almost worn around their wrist and it was for warding off the blows of the enemy from their swords. And then we have the bigger shield and so, the bigger shield had an entirely different purpose, right? So, why is that significant?
3: The bigger shield, I think, would... I mean, in the, in the Roman soldiers, they could group together, number one, and put these shields up and
0: form a big, huge... Awesome. Protection. Protection. Not only protection for you as an individual because the shields were typically two to three feet wide and about four feet tall and they would cover the they would cover the soldier pretty much from his chin to his to his shin. That's right,
3: isn't it? From his chin to his <laughs> from his chin to his shin
0: and and it's not the breastplate. This has nothing to do with the breastplate. plate. That had an entirely different purpose, right? This is the shield. And so we know that in this particular case, it's not the small hand-to-hand combat shield. This is the big shield for a very specific purpose. And the purpose was to, to stop the arrows that were shooting at them, many of which were on fire because mm-hmm. they dipped the arrows in pitch mm-hmm. and they would come. You've, you've seen Ben-Hur, and I'm sure that's exactly what it looked like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you see, they, were, they, would, they would march in, kind of in unison. And the shields actually had uh, uh, devices on the side where you could hook them together. And so now think about this. We have these shields that can protect us as soldiers individually and corporately. See, all of a sudden now we have a metaphor for us individually and corporately as the church. Because who was Paul writing this letter to? The church. Okay, that becomes important. Don't forget that. So he's talking about the arrows that are being shot at us individually and corporately. Because you are at church. And there could be arrows being prepared for you as we speak. Right? Individually and corporately. So, God willing, we'll move from this place to a new place. Be prepared for some flaming arrows, church. The enemy will be displeased because you will be very happy. (laughs) And he wants nothing more than to make you very unhappy. And that's the way it works in spiritual warfare. It's invisible it's happening all around us. So now what we have is we have this picture of the Roman soldier, plural, they're advancing. The reason that they have these shields is there is an advance that is going on. There's not retreating. There is. It is quite offensive. Putting on the full armor of, of God is offense Mm -hmm. it's preparation for anything that might be shot at you don't forget that it is preparation for what might be shot at you so how did the shield extinguish because now we're dealing with we gotta go back to the practical and the metaphorical the shield is going to extinguish these burning arrows How, how could a shield extinguish burning arrows? They
1: bounce off.
0: They could bounce off. How else? That wasn't their. It's possible, but that wasn't their original design intent. Okay.
2: Those leather, they probably would extinguish the flame when it went through the
0: leather. Exactly right. These shields were made almost uh, like um, uh, they were in layers and they were made with wood and with leather and with linen and in between each one of the layers there's an air gap and so these arrows would come and they'd be they'd be on fire and they would come and they would stick into the shield okay they would stick into the shield and they wouldn't burn the outside of the shield because the burning tip would go into a section where there's no, there's no oxygen in there. So the burning tip would go in between these layers that are about this thick, and there'd be like three layers. They'd get stuck in between a layer, and they, the shield would not catch on fire, even though it's made of wood, linen, and leather. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? See, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. It's fascinating. When you, I mean, what a brilliant design, whoever came up with that. Mm-hmm. A brilliant design. It put, the, it put out the flame. And so there was, I was reading, there's one non-biblical historian that was talking about a Roman soldier that came back from battle and he had over 200 arrows in his shield.
3: that
0: guy's (laughs) heavy. And and he's alive. And it saved his life. I don't know how many were burning, he didn't say that. But but if that is an accurate historical account, um, that kind of blows me away that that the shield could withstand up to 200 at least at least in that case flaming arrows <laughs> so uh, I guess we have to ask ourselves a couple questions yeah. now don't we about the shield because what's it called? <laughs> oh yeah the shield of faith. so we
3: have layers of faith? so
0: well <laughs> I guess <laughs> one of the questions <laughs> is um So, what is your shield to extinguish the flamings of the evil one, the flaming arrows? What is your shield? Faith. So, your shield is faith. Duh. The shield is faith. (laughs) (laughs) How many arrows can your shield withstand? Right now
3: on how strong your faith
0: is. Okay. That wasn't the question, though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Personalize it. How many arrows, how many flaming arrows of the evil one in this evil world from the prince that comes as a prince of peace but is anything but? Because he is in control of the world. How many of the enemies flaming arrows is your faith today able to to
1: withstand. As
0: many as come at you. As long as you allow it. Okay. Well, that's an all. As many as you allow it. See, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because
3: it depends on how strong
1: your faith is it
0: depends on how strong your faith is. Is your faith is your faith one width of of a of a of a what am I trying to say? Mm-hmm. Is it, it, it Does it have three compartments where it can withstand the, the flaming arrow and be snuffed out when it's shot at you? Or one? I don't know. If you or a none? The
3: size of a mustard seed, you can uh, move
0: that's not the question, though. Those are biblical truths. <tools. laughs> you know, you we can't answer the question by just reciting some verse. It's just like when somebody comes to you and they say they have this problem and they want a verse so that they can walk away and be, and be fixed with a verse. It doesn't work that way. Not that the verse isn't powerful, because it's truth, But what Paul is talking about here is he's talking about this, this faith. It's the shield of faith. How?
1: it's a subjective thing it's not object. everybody's
0: faith can be different Every, everybody's faith can be different and the question is personalized though. so and you can't answer that question maybe as you sit here right now but it's a good question to meditate on because Paul is talking about the shield of faith that is to put out it has a very specific purpose it is to extinguish Extinguish the flaming arrows That come from the evil one In the battles that are spiritual In your life All of which are rooted In evil From the enemy That's what a spiritual battle is And so we have this shield of faith All of a sudden This, this piece of armor becomes pretty important Doesn't it It's pretty important so what is, the, what is faith, then, in the context of Ephesians 6.6? If you've got a shield of faith, what, what is faith?
3: Faith is a protective barrier between me and the schemes of Satan.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. Betty Herman has been on God. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Did you, is that where you went? You went to your favorite website, didn't you? Didn't you? <laughs> you went to org, didn't you? Yep. It's awesome. Okay, and you typed in that question. John? I <laughs>
2: quote Paul. He says uh, that faith is the assurance of what you hope for yep. will come true. Mm-hmm. I'm over. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a paraphrase of what Paul said. Now, faith is used 240 times in the New Testament alone. The word faith. Interesting as a verb mm-hmm. as a verb okay and what is a verb action. Action. action action word okay so I am going to give you some biblical definitions of faith you ready mm-hmm. we have one you have one because Paul wrote it mm-hmm. it was written Faith as a verb verb, in the context of putting on the full armor of God, abandoning all reliance on yourself and your own efforts. This is in the context of putting on the full armor. God's already given us the armor to put on. Faith, the shield of faith, putting it on, living it, means abandoning reliance on yourself. If you were to abandon reliance on ourselves, who are we reliant on? Amen. There's only one place we can go. That's clear. We know that. Do we live it? Secondly, complete trust this is more in line with what Paul wrote complete trust, confidence and reliance on Christ. Are you putting that on? What about belief?
3: When I believe <coughs> God and take him <coughs> at his word, I remain <coughs> grounded in truth. The lies of the enemy lose their power, and I become an overcomer.
1: Belief.
0: Awesome, buddy. <coughs> That's good.
1: That's yeah.
0: And in, in the context, I, I would completely agree with that. And in the context of the full armor of God, what about just accepting the gospel as the gospel truth? We say that all the time, don't we? The gospel. That's the belt. That's the shoes. It's the belt, too. Well, the belt is truth, yes. And, and the gospel comes from the truth, doesn't it? And the gospel is the truth, isn't it? Whew. There's the full armor. See... Because what we're learning here in the full armor of God Is you can't leave anything off Or it's not the full armor See, God's already given us the fullness of His armor The fullness And the fullness of His power You see, so if we're all in with confidence We also have to be all in with the attributes of God The promises of God The power of God And the plan of God Because it's not our plan Okay, so that's faith, isn't it? Taking a step of faith is going to Mexico. Taking a step of faith is resting in, yes. in in the power of God for his plan in my life no matter what I think or no matter what I choose to do. We don't start there, do we? We start with complete reliance on him. So if your faith is your shield against the enemy's flaming arrows, how is your shield? Ponder that. Meditate on that. Ask God. God, is my faith strong? Ask yourself, is my faith strong? Strong based on what? Because is that, as Olivia said, is that subjective or is it objective? Hmm. Good questions to ask. Because as you ask those questions, in the context of putting on the full armor of God, you have been given a shield and you have been given faith, according to Scripture, as as Christ apportioned it. And you can ask for more. Oh, I believe. Lord, help me with my unbelief. <laughs> give me more, Lord. Give me more. Give me more meaning... I just need to live it, Lord. I need to live it. Show me how to do that. It's okay. It's all right. Your faith can grow. And so, what what are the fiery arrows, specifically, in the realm of spiritual battles? What are they? What would you define them as? Temptation. Temptation? Doubt. Yeah. Huh? Doubt. Yeah, doubt. What else? Fear? Okay. Is lies. Lies? Mm-hmm. Anger. Anger.
3: Anything that's
0: bad. Anything that's bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah, all sin. Okay. Yeah, all sin. Hate, doubt, Mm -hmm. pride, fear, (laughs) unforgiveness. I mean, flaming arrows, flaming arrows, flaming arrows. And it's even more subtle than that. It's really interesting. Pardon me?
2: They're all
0: potentially dead without question thank you for that they are all potentially dead and what makes them potentially dead
2: you may have a crack mm-hmm. in your arm or something like that are not fully protected that's a great picture isn't it
0: so if my faith is strong but I let my guard down I don't have to let it down very far do I think about the shield if my shield isn't in the right place, I am very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I love the metaphor that Paul uses here well Paul didn't use it God used it he just used Paul to write it for us but I, I love it because it makes it helps me see the picture and understand even in my own faith in my own faith do I say it or do I live it there's a huge difference mm-hmm. and I personally learned that recently in fact to Do you trust me? Do you trust me? What is your faith in? If Jesus is the object of our faith, how tight am I with Jesus? Am I really relying on him? Or am I really relying on myself? Way more than I am willing to admit. And I think that most of us are in the way more than I'm willing to admit category. I mean, that's that's quite normal. And so that's what sanctification is. It's getting past all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you strengthen your faith?
2: Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God.
0: Amen. Starting with belief. Hearing the Word of God. Then you gotta put, you got to put in trust there, don't you? And then where does confidence enter into the equation? Show me a person whose faith is weak. I'll show you somebody that's not confident in the truth. Oh, you've got to have a Confidence. That we've been given everything that we need for life and for Godliness. You see, trusting in God's character and trusting in His promises, trusting in His plan, you know, trusting in His timing. That's my tough one. (laughs) (laughs) Hurry up, God! Anybody? I mean, hurry up! I've been waiting forever for this one, God. (laughs) You know, and then later I look back and I realize. Oh boy, what a dork! I mean, he already <laughs> answered, and, you know, and, he, and I was supposed to make a right-hand turn way back yonder, and he was just waiting. He was waiting. He already set a plan, but I was so anxious and so wanting to be in control, and prideful in some ways, that I didn't even see his. I didn't see his timing. I didn't even see his plan. And that's why. We have that saying, don't we, about hindsight being twenty-twenty, like almost all the time? Because, because there's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? See, even in the spiritual realms, there's a lot of truth, the hindsight being twenty-twenty. So what we have to do is be on the offensive, looking forward for what God has for us in total dependence and reliance on Him. So, so, so you have to live it. So how then do you live your faith? What are the specific things that you can do to live your faith? And put into action even the four pieces of the spiritual armor that we've talked about so far. What are some things that you can do just by putting into practice? Mm-hmm. Renewing
1: your mind daily. One more time. Renewing
0: your mind daily. Remu- Renewing your mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. We've been looking at it almost every Sunday for what seems like <laughs> a long time now, you know? <laughs> and man, uh, we've almost got it memorized, I would hope. <laughs> at this mm-hmm. particular point. Renewing our mind. So renewing our mind, what else? Praying without ceasing. Praying without ceasing is another great scripture. And, 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 and what else can you do to strengthen your faith and to live it? Obedience. Pardon me?
1: Obedience. Obedience.
0: If, you know, don't uh, abandon meeting like this. Don't forsake the gathering. <laughs> I don't care if it's a Wednesday, mm-hmm. a Tuesday, a Sunday, or any time. Okay? because he was talking to the church and they had everything in common remember this was a, this was a church culture where everybody <laughs> they came together this wasn't, a, this wasn't something that they did on Sunday they, they were living this every day because they were talking about they were being persecuted this church that he was writing to it was tough being a Christian in the first century yeah. it could get you <laughs> killed it still can but not in our culture that's right you got to go someplace else to be killed for this we read about it, and then we go about mowing the lawn or washing the car or whatever it is that we do, right? But these are people that were living it. it. It was powerful to them. I'm thinking about things like laying claim over these truths, you see, because we have the belt of truth. And so if you're going to really live your faith, one of the one things that you can do is you can, just, you can just lay claim to this truth. You can claim it. I'm not talking about name it and claim it you know, preaching, you know, for for prosperity's sake. I'm talking about laying claim to the fact that the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, you can claim those truths in your life because they're true, right? And you can not only claim it, but you can verbally speak it. I've begun just, just by just to personalize it a little bit, I, I really, I, it's been a while now, I began to verbally speak the truth of God when I know that I'm headed into something that, that, that is going to be troubling. Okay, Speaking. So pray out loud. Pray out loud. Speak the truth. Claim the truth. And we can, we can look at this. We, we saw that even in 2 Peter, if you want to turn there, 2 Peter 1, Verse two, we've looked at this several times over the, the past couple of weeks. Second Peter 1 verse two through four
1: mm-hmm.
0: We can take a look at this all the truths that, that you just articulated and we can claim can start right here. Somebody read it in the NIP.
3: great. And peace be yours in abundance, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, whose divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires.
0: See, so he's talking about spiritual warfare here and being given everything that we need. And this is spiritual warfare that we're in. And we've been given everything we need. And we've been given the full armor of God, which is part of the everything that we need. And so that we can partake, we can be partakers in what? In the divine nature. Whose nature? God. Yes, even God's nature. See, that's a radical idea for some. We can be partakers in God's divine nature as, we, as, as it is multiplied to us or as grace and peace is ours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus. That's what John was saying a little earlier, and that's what Sally just said. Oh my gosh, the reality, that truth. You, know, you can speak that truth right into your life because it's true out loud. You're struggling with something and you want to know if, you, you, if you're not confident that you've been given absolutely everything that you need. You have been given the power of God, resurrection power to overcome everything that is evil in your life, the evil arrows that, that are being shot at you. You've been given all of it. And one of the best ways to overcome a, a problem in confidence in that area is to claim that truth in Scripture and just speak it out loud. And if you think that you're being dealt with in a way that is, a, that is a, a spiritual battle, and if you believe that what's happening in your life in the moment is something that is evil and it is rooted in evil and it is coming from the evil one, stand up and claim it! And speak it. And see what happens. And see what happens. Because scripture says the enemy will flee you. Remember we said you were never to flee the enemy. We don't have to. We got nothing to fear. And this is a scripture that is giving us confidence in the full armor of God. That we can put it on. We can live it. And the devil doesn't stand a chance. Not a chance. See... I don't know about you, but that gives me great confidence. <laughs> it gives me great confidence, and and it's wow. Here's some here's some examples. You don't have to turn there. Let's talk about one. Let's say there's temptation. Anybody been tempted to sin? <laughs> That's why I picked this one. Okay, so listen to First Corinthians ten thirteen. The temptations in your life are no different. From what others experience Oh we're all in this together (laughs) And God is faithful Truth Claim that one Speak that one if you're being tempted No God is faithful Claim that one Mm -hmm. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can Stand or more than you can bear Or more than you can handle Mm -hmm. When you are tempted He will always show you a way out that's truth so every time you're tempted and you're thinking "Ah, should I? when you know you shouldn't anybody been there? come on I've been there I'm about to do something that probably is not going to be real pleasing to God but it's not a big deal right? so I just go ahead and decide to do it anyway or I think it without asking for forgiveness or 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 you can fill in the blank we all do it But we can claim, we can claim the truth that Jesus experienced temptations. That's a truth. Your Lord, your Savior experienced the same temptations that you and I experienced. Amen? Okay. So you can claim that. You can claim that and then act on the truth that there was always a way out. There's always a way out. And what about if you're uncertain about what's going to happen in the future and you're worried about it? Okay, what about that? So, in the Psalms it says that God will not withhold any good thing from those who do what is right. That's righteousness, doing what is right. God will not withhold any good thing. So do what's right. Claim that biblical truth. What about fear? Somebody mentioned fear. What about fear? Isaiah 41.10 starts with the words, fear not! (laughs) Why do we fear fear? If you're afraid of something I mean, come on Anybody? We've all dealt with fear It says, Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, I am with you The Lord is present, guys Right here, right now Present in our midst Fear not Matters nothing what's going on in your life Fear not, he says. Do not be dismayed. This is in the New King James. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. And yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm not afraid anymore. If I speak that truth over whatever I'm afraid of, speak the truth.
2: And keep on speaking it until you
0: over and over again through meditation, through through what else? As we were hiking down the trail, I was so enjoying that. Speaking out, the word of God. Speaking out the Word of God from memorization, which is a challenge for you. Want to be do the memorization stuff, it's powerful. It's powerful. The enemy cannot penetrate. Your guard is never down when you're doing that, your guard cannot be down when you're claiming the truth of Scripture. The truth truth of who Jesus is the truth of this full armor of God and having confidence in it it, 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 God will not let you down Mm -hmm. any anxiety that you have I love this one, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 listen, this is going to be in the the New King James, I want you to listen to the words because I'm going to change one of them because Mm -hmm. it's a different word in the New King James than it is in the NIV which in this case I like the NIV better because it ties right into what we've been talking about in the full armor of God. Listen, be anxious for nothing. You know the scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. In the in the New King James, in Christ Jesus. In the NIV, you see it's in Christ. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. The full armor of God. Putting on means being in Christ. That's the how-to. How to put it on is being in Christ. So do you believe those promises and do you claim them? That's, that's a real question for us, isn't it? It's a good question. Yeah, a lot of the time. All the time. No, not all the time. No, no, no. Not all the time. Do I want it to be more? Yes, I do. No, 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 no. Is that is that your life, or am I the only one? (laughs) It's a roller coaster ride. It's and it shouldn't be. If it is a roller coaster ride, we have a we have a bigger problem because it really our Christian walk, you know, really should look a little bit more like this. Okay, there's hills and valleys. If it's like this there's some other problems we're got to talk about okay <laughs> there are some other problems we have got to talk about so so <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's another one in terms of the shield of faith and that is opening your life to other believers that you that you have a relationship with and that you and that you trust you see therein lies the shield of faith do you trust God enough to have other people in your life that you can that you can have an honest conversation with. And unfortunately in the church today, the answer to that question mostly is no. Because we're private and we're and we don't you know we don't we don't like that level of exposure. We talk about that here in the church all the time about accountability. And so for our pastor, when this church was started, it was his idea. It was a pastor's idea to have a high level of accountability. So we prayed about what would that look like and so that's why we have these three guys that don't they don't go to church here. They don't even live here, but they know him, and we know them, and they hold him, and by the way, us as leaders, accountable. What are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you saying? What are you looking at? What are you reading? Ooh, that's risky. Huh? It's also really freeing. Very freeing. I I love that level of accountability sometimes. <laughs> huh? That's
2: where they're hooking the shield.
0: That's the that's the hook. So if Robert can, you know, Robert's pretty good. He's learned he's learning his life, haven't you? To 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 hook on to people. And you you know that you can, when you can trust somebody, you can hook onto them and you can share. And you know that who's a listener and who's a talker. <laughs> hang on to them,
4: hang on
0: Confidence in his confidence in being completely reliant on the Lord Jesus and not on ourselves, and that's a practice, isn't it? You have to practice that—that's a daily thing, isn't it? That's a daily thing. Even though it's on, you've got to live in. You have to live in for each one of these pieces of armor. What about the helmet of salvation? We briefly mentioned that last week and a comment was made that I, that I didn't say anything about, but I'm done it tonight. <laughs> Ephesians six seventeen. And take the helmet of salvation. <coughs> What's that? Because this is the last piece of the armor that Paul is talking about in Ephesians, <coughs> right? Well, the sword is is well, I guess you could call it armor. I was thinking that in terms of a weapon. Okay. But so for, for for our purposes, we'll call this the last piece of armor, and we'll call the sword the weapon. So so it's the last piece that you that you put on. What is it? What's the obviously important thing that you think about when you think about it? What?
1: Thoughts.
0: What? Thoughts. Your thoughts. Okay. When okay. the devil sucks. Okay. So 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 what then? What do you what? Okay. So then what do you think about? The word of God. What's that? The Word of God. Okay, the Word of God. Okay. Try to finish some of those little one-liners for me. Because the question really is, it's a, if it's the last piece of armor that we would put on, uh, what, what is the helmet? Talk about it not from a metaphorical point of view. Talk about it from a practical point of view. What's the helmet? It's a brain bucket. A brain bucket. Okay, that's good. All right. And why did the soldier, why did the Roman soldier, why was that the last thing that he put on? Well,
3: it was probably heavy. It's heavy.
0: It's
3: the last part of the, of the
1: armor to protect his body.
0: It was the last piece. It's... The smallest piece, probably the easiest piece to to put on, although most of these most of these soldiers had help. They're wearing a lot of stuff. These guys must have been studs, man. I mean I'm talking (laughs) about heavy equipment that they're wearing and they're walking around for miles and they're fighting and stuff, and they put this on last. So when you think about salvation, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know that it's a brain bucket and it's, it's to protect your head right okay now now we can talk about it metaphorically a little bit what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of salvation okay the helmet guards your mind but when when he says the helmet of salvation what comes what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of salvation mind of Christ
1: what the mind of christ transforms us into the likeness of
0: Right. Okay, so salvation being transformed into likeness life of Christ, being, being
2: protected from being
0: saved, pain. saved from evil. what? From death. Yeah. Saved. Okay, saved from death. Okay, saved. What tense is that? Uh, past. 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 That's past. Okay. And so, do you when you think of salvation, do you generally think about it in the past tense, being saved? Are you saved? Okay. Do you think about that in the past? Mm-hmm. Most of the time? Mm-hmm. No, we you did. were saved. Wasn't there a point in time when you were know, saved? I don't, really think, of I I saved? don't really think of it in any tense. You don't think of it in any tense? Really, no. because I'm, I'm saved. It means I'm saved. I was saved when he died on the cross, and I'm already yeah, that's past all the people, though, yeah, died died. Okay. people right. that are born after me. No, I'm talking about you personally. Personalize it. When you yeah. think about being saved, do you think, what, what, in what tense do you think about it? Saved Save to life. Saved
2: to life? I think that, you know, I'm the child of God now. Okay. And I, uh, I can rest on the assurance that I've been set apart, that I'm a saint, that I'm being sanctified. The total assurance that I am walking, that I've been justified by Christ and
0: by the Holy okay, perfect. I, so what I'm thinking about is I'm thinking about when people say, "Well, I, I put on the helmet of salvation." When you talk to most people, they talk about that in terms of they can identify a point in time when they were saved. They were in the darkness. They came into the light. And some people, I can't, but some people can name the date, <laughs> the day. I can tell you where I was. I, I can't. I can't tell you what month it was. I can't. I have to think back in terms of even what year it was. I can remember very specifically the the event it happened in the past I was saved but is salvation only a past tense consideration biblically No. no of course not it's past, present and future what is the tense in which Paul is talking about when he's talking about putting on the full armor of God to fight the spiritual battles in our lives the present. He, well, he's talking the tense in, in Ephesians is present. But, but salvation, think about this now. The helmet of salvation, when we think about salvation, it's past, it's present, and it is future. Because if you think about it in terms of what you said, justification, we were justified. Okay, We were made right with God. Okay, That happened in a point in time in the past, didn't it? But we are presently, and, and we're looking, in fact, if you took, you don't have to turn there. Just in the interest of time, Ephesians 2.8 says, "For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves; it is the gift of God. By you've been saved by through grace, grace through yes. faith." Okay, at a point in time. Okay, so you came to Christ. You came to that place where you were in Christ, the full armor of God, being in Christ. Okay, that's the how to put it on, being in Christ. You came to Christ; that was past tense. What about sanctification? First Corinthians 1.18 for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to but to us, who I love this, are being saved. Is the power of God very present tense? Working out your salvation has nothing to do with questioning whether or not you're saved. It has to do with sanctification and transformation. There is a present tenseness. To salvation as well. Okay, now start start thinking about this Roman soldier now putting on the helmet of salvation. He put it on, and now he's going out. He's going out into the present. Into the present tense. This man is going to march with his helmet of salvation on. And then what about even the future? Think about the battle that took place in the present Think about the battles that are taking place in your presence. Think then about the future. What is the future tense of salvation? Glorification. Ultimately, we will be glorified in Christ. They're all in Christ. Past, present, and future salvation is all in
4: Christ.
0: And so we see glorification for in 1 Peter 1:5, 1, um, who through faith are shielded by. I love that. He even uses shield. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming, the coming future, huh? Mm-hmm. Amen. The coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. That's Jesus.
2: I'm kind of of wondering if the soldier, when he gets everything on and then puts that helmet on, he starts thinking, okay, (coughs) I am a soldier of Rome. My allegiance is to Rome. And I am, that's who I am.
0: Okay, follow that then uh, in terms of the full armor of God for us. I love that.
2: That's right. Once you you get it all on, you get the helmet on, that is your, I am, my identity is in Christ. That's who I am that's where I'm gonna that's
0: where I'm gonna be and I'm gonna go on awesome. that's the, gonna I that in those terms. so there's there's the allegiance okay we've got the full <laughs> armor of God we're completely in allegiance to Christ Jesus if we're living it
2: we're completely
0: equipped completely we're equipped with everything we need
2: and they were prepared to die for right uh-huh. that's what we should be yeah.
0: they fought to together yeah, because, and we're going to take a look at that in just a second. Look, because this this to death to thing becomes pretty important. What, what's guy? They
2: say the Romans were fighting for victory. Right. right.
0: Well, pretty clearly the helmet is protecting our head, right? Mm-hmm. And pretty clearly we've been understanding this, at least if if. if, if We've been coming to church anytime uh, uh, during 2016. Uh, we've heard a lot about Romans 12:1 and 2 about uh, uh, about renewing our minds, right? Because where does the enemy typically start? Isn't it, isn't it true? Don't you just don't you just experience that all the time? That first little bit of doubt, boom. Where does he start? In the garden. Doubt, He's boom, right there, getting us to think a little bit differently. That's the way the world works. The world whatever the word world tells you, flip it upside down and that's what the Bible's gonna tell you. Because the world has it upside down. So you know, so being it that that's why that's what scripture says that you know we we're in it, man, but we can't be of it, because if you're of the world, you do not have on the armor of God, I'll tell you that. Because you are being deceived because who runs the world? We saw that earlier. Satan runs the world. God gave it over to him. I have some questions about that when I get yeah. home. Or seriously? I'm <laughs> questions about it now. I believe it, I trust God and His plan, but I don't get it. Mostly because I would like it to be over. I'm tired of sin. I don't know about you. I, I would I'm looking forward to ever. But in his time, right? In his time. So if if that's, if it's all if it's protection for our mind, why why do we need to have our minds protected? What? Because that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. That's where it starts. See, I I love what I love what um, I I got this book from Chip Ingram, uh, who I really like a lot. Uh, He's a contemporary guy, um, and uh, Chip Ingram uh, started his career and he, he started he started a church. was called to a church in Santa Cruz and uh, he has some wonderful stories about the crazy spiritual battles that were going on in Santa Cruz what a crazy place Santa Cruz is it's it's very similar to Ojai that's what yeah. I was thinking very similar in terms of spiritual darkness to, to Ojai and so he has a lot of uh, very uh, interesting experiences that he writes about when he was pastoring this church in Santa Cruz because they were bold for Christ they were living Christ they were putting on the full armor of God and they were under attack like I mean full-on demonic attack that manifested itself very physically of people coming into the church and his life being threatened. And he goes, goes on and on and on in his home uh, with his children um, and, uh, and, and, he, and he's a pastor and he's trying to work through this biblically, you know, and he has some wonderful things to say. And then he says this about the invisible war, that's the name of his, his book, about the present tense of salvation. Think about this in terms of the present tense of salvation. He says, the worst thing that could ever happen to me is that I could die. Think about that. It seems a bit morbid on the surface, but if you are a child of God, you have a final, secure, and unchanging hope that no circumstance, person, or tragedy can take from you. It doesn't matter if you're going bankrupt If one of your children has cancer, if your business partner has bailed on you, if your finances are in the ditch, whatever. From a human perspective, the worst that can happen to someone who is a believer is death. And the moment you die, you're with Jesus. So what's so bad about that? (laughs) Being with Jesus in a perfect environment forever and ever with all of your longings and desires fulfilled in Him. Man, I mean, that's ultimate hope, isn't it? I I love that because I, I really haven't thought about it in those terms, but the worst that can happen to me while I'm here is I can die and Paul said and the best thing that could happen to me while I'm here is I could die (laughs)
4: because of where I'm going (laughs)
0: you see the paradox I mean in the world we have the whole medical profession they want to keep us alive and you know oh my gosh we're sticking tubes in (laughs) us just let me go I'm cool with that you know and so that's what he's talking about the present tense of salvation is that there's nothing to fear because where we're where we're going there's nothing that is going to harm us because God is for us that's what he says. And so he says, you know, we're alive in Christ. In the past, in the present, and in the future. In the future. That's, that's the three tenses of salvation. Now there's confidence and security. That's the armor of God. That is the helmet of salvation. Complete confidence confidence. It can't be penetrated. The enemy can't get in if we're practicing these things by putting on living in and for Christ by doing the things that we're doing here and all the other practices that we put in place, not from a legalistic point of view, but just from a practical point of view because that's our desire because we want to glorify God and, and we want to we want to honor God. And so we live that way. And the psalmist, I think, in Psalm 73, 25 had it right. He said... Whom have... I never get that right, the who or the whom part. But the psalmist did, I think. The psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? He's talking about Christ. And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. You see, this the Christ-firstness thing. It's the all-in for Christ. It's the putting on the full armor. In Christ, you get it? In Christ. So Christians that are not filling or renewing their minds, Right? If you're not doing that, you're, it's like a warrior going out to battle without his arm. So if you're getting hammered, boy, you've got to certainly ask yourself a couple of really good, tough questions right out of the box. Am I in Christ? How are you doing with Jesus? Because if Jesus is what you desire, in the it? Here and now, I think we've settled a lot of it for the future I'm going to heaven you going to heaven that's good isn't it I think about heaven all the time scripture tells me to I like to I like to think about it I like to It's fun. I even like to speculate about it a little bit. Even if it's not totally the truth, I like to speculate about it. Like I tell my wife, I'm sure her cat's going to be there. I'm not positive. I I don't really know. I know there's animals, but I don't know if her cat's going to be there. But it's fun to think about. Why wouldn't wouldn't her cat be there that she loves so much? Because God wants to give us everything that we long for and everything that we desire. The question is is it Christ that fits the first bill? Mm -hmm. Because that's what the full armor of God is. Strap on your helmet, guys. Strap it on, and then, of course, finally, we have the sword of the spirit. And we know what that is, don't we? What is it? The sword? the sword of
2: the spirit. Oh,
0: that's God's word. And it's It sure is. And so, let's take a look at it again, not from a metaphoric point of view, but let's just take a look at the sword, because we can tie the sword into, into the sword of the spirit. With To be in the battle, you would not have the weapon. That's the sword. You see, the sword was light, easily accessible, because where did the sword go? All, the belt. Don't you love that? <laughs> the sword goes in the belt. Tell me that that doesn't just tie together and make it start to make sense. The sword goes in the belt. The soldier spent more time with his sword than any other piece of equipment that we have talked about in the armor. It became he became one with his sword. It was an extension, if he was a right-hander, it was an extension of his right appendage. And if he was a lefty, it was, a, it was an, extension, an extension of his left. He could twirl it, flip it, spin it, turn it. It was a part of him. He spent hours and hours and hours with his sword. Make sense? And he kept it
3: sharp.
1: And if we don't have this sword, we're always on the defense instead of the offense.
0: Mm.
2: The sword is the difference between victory and defeat. Mm-hmm.
0: The sword is the difference between victory and defeat. And here's the other thing, metaphorically in the battle. The sword always, always, always was used in hand-to-hand combat. This is not an arrow. No, you have to get this a, is a personal. up and personal. The the soldier knew his sword inside and out, every last inch of it. Mm-hmm. He spent more time with his sword than he did with anything else. He knew it better than anything else. He knew it because it was for hand to hand. Combat, hand to hand battle, which is, of course, we learned a few weeks ago, that's where the word struggle comes from. You got a struggle, you got a sword. The first place we go when we got a struggle is to the Lord through the sword. But do we? We all admitted, it was such an honesty in the night that we were, we were admitting our failures <laughs> about trying to deal with issues in our own strength before we kind of give up and go, oh. What was I thinking? Half of the spiritual battles that, 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 that come our way. Not half. Some of the spiritual battles that come our way, we try to deal with because we don't think that they're a big deal. And that's right where the enemy wants us. Oh, it's not that big a big deal. I got this.
3: No, you don't got none of it.
0: <laughs> Great English, huh? You don't got none of it. I mean, you, you just don't. Got none of it. None of us do. See, Paul calls this weapon the sword of what? Of the Spirit. Why is that important? Because the Holy Spirit gives us power.
3: Because
0: the Holy Spirit what? Gives us power. Because the Holy Spirit gives us power. God, the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. What? Speak. We're done.
1: Because our battles are
0: spiritual. And this is in the world, our battles are spiritual. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. You see, the, here, here's the beautiful truth. The beautiful truth is, Christians, that if you are in the Spirit, if you are in Christ, you have the full armor of God on. If you are in the Spirit If you are walking in the Spirit If you are in concert with the Spirit If you are in the Spirit You are in Christ Get it? In Christ Did you hear that? If you are in the Spirit You are in Christ This is what? The sword of the Spirit Rooted in truth the other thing that's important about that is those spiritual battles that we're fighting we fight with the sword but in whose power in Christ
3: otherwise you have a rusty
1: doll
0: otherwise you don't even have a sword you cannot fight a spiritual battle in your own power or you're doing it without armor and without any weaponry but we try don't we because we get confused. My hope and prayer is after, after studying spiritual warfare that we'll go first in prayer. We'll look at that in just a second. But we'll go first in prayer. And start, because we have on the armor because we're in Christ, and we'll use our weapon by being so familiar with it. That's why we're here on a Wednesday night. Oh, the poor folks, my heart is so heavy for those that that aren't in the Word of God that John mentioned a couple of weeks ago that man, at the time, I was so totally biblically illiterate and mm-hmm. because you weren't, putting in, you weren't putting in the time like the soldier did with his sword. You weren't putting in the time. That's why you were biblically illiterate. Well, everybody in this room can say that same thing. At a, at a certain point, we were biblically illiterate. See, it's a lifetime. You've got to carry the sword with you everywhere you go all the time. Going to be in the battle. See, Jesus said multiple times to Satan that he was as he was being tempted. You know the story. He was in the desert, hadn't eaten for forty days. I can't go forty minutes sometimes. We were just in Mexico. All we did was eat, <laughs> and I was hungry every time. But it seems like man, man. So we we just ate like three meals a day, and it was. I, work I went to Mexico, worked really hard. Came home, I gained two pounds. How does that work? That's of food. But Jesus was tempted, and he dealt with the devil in that temptation by saying, "What do you remember? Because what?"
1: He said, get away from these
0: Satan. Well, he he didn't say that to Satan in the desert. He, he said that man man okay, that's one thing that he said. Man does not live by bread alone. And what else what did he refer to?
1: Because he said it is
0: written Jesus Christ, your Lord, your Savior, my Lord, my Savior. Quote Scripture by saying He's. You want to talk about authority? You want to know why around here we say this is the authoritative Word of God because Jesus Christ told us that is is the authoritative Word of God. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> How can you be a worshiper of Jesus and say, "Well, yeah, I don't think that's yeah, kind of them." No. Well, Jesus is the one that quotes Scripture and says it is is written. That's how important the sword is. Wow. Don't leave home without it. It's not a good <laughs> kind Okay? Of it's not a good So, after Jesus said that it is written multiple times, what did Satan do? He fled. he fled. You see, I love that, because with the full armor of God and with the sword of the Spirit, we don't have to fear anything And all of the spiritual battles that come from the evil one are overcomable in Christ because we've been given everything we need and we are so familiar with our sword, we are so into the sword of the Spirit, we are continuously, like praying continuously, that the devil flees. He flees us. We never have to flee him. Ever. Ever, ever he flees us. He can't deal with it. He cannot deal with the truth. And Jesus proved that. He resisted. Right? Resistance. It's amazing. He says you can always counter a lie with the truth. Amen? Always. So can you see the critical importance of the Word of God in your life? I sure hope so. Because Psalm 119, 105 says that God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Mm -hmm. We're familiar with that Mm right? It's true. Claim that truth. (laughs) Speak that truth. You want to know the truth of Scripture? Claim that one. God's Word is a lamp to our what? (laughs) And a light
4: for our
3: our path. path.
0: To our path. And Deuteronomy 32, 47 says, For this Word is your life. How important is the Word of God? Sure. Holy Toledo, it's really <laughs> important. I mean, it, it's your life. The Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomy. That was written yeah. a really long time ago. God says, for this Word, was Moses speaking, for this Word is your life. See, Christ is your life. It's not an add on, <laughs> it is your life. You want to fight the spiritual about Christ is
4: is
0: which is translated from all is still all these other things will be added unto you. You see, the enemy cannot penetrate when you have made the decision that you are all in for Jesus Christ. Oh, he'll try and you will have battles. But you will win the battles. The battles you lose are when the armor is let down. Mm (coughs) Amen
1: Mm -hmm. Amen.
0: Hebrews 4.12 says this For the word of God is living and active And sharper than any Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two-edged sword Don't you love how scripture just ties together The totality of it I love having a debate with somebody That doesn't believe that scripture is true how in the world can all these people over different times and different places and from different perspectives and then God... I mean, it, it all ties together. together. Everything's at Yeah,
1: the red thread runs from the beginning to the end. It,
0: all of it, All of it. Spiritual warfare is real. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. It's the real deal. And
3: it won't be with your performance for sister. Or
1: sister?
0: If, if we're breathing on this side of eternity we will be dealing with spiritual warfare. the world is the enemy's territory Mm -hmm. and that's where the battles come from if you're struggling with something in your life that doesn't line up with the sword check not only your heart But check the genesis of it. It's probably a battle that you're dealing with that is worldly. Most of our battles are rooted in evil. Not all. Some of our battles we create. (laughs) Okay, remember we talked about personal responsibility? You gotta take responsibility. And just, okay, I'm the knucklehead this time. I've created this mess. But often it is the enemy and demonic attack that rages around us. And ten weeks ago most of us said, ah, we're probably pretty casual about that. Mm-hmm. I hope we're not. I hope we're not now. I hope what we're I hope what we're learning is, is that, that this being in Christ is where peace and, and the real peace of God comes from and real joy comes from mm-hmm. because we have perspective his perspective is everything, isn't it? Oh, I get it. (laughs) He's after me. (laughs) He wants to destroy me. But I've been given everything I need. So I'm just going to live there. I'm going to live in Christ. Putting it on, of course, means that we're fighting right from and not for the victory. The war is won.
2: You know, Bill, in my career, the... uh they would send me into situations where it was just absolute chaos and problems and to clean things up. And when I would go in, my boss, I was given all authority to make whatever changes I needed to be made in this thing of chaos. And that's what Christ has given us. He says in Luke ten 19, you've been given authority over all the power of the evil one. So, you know, we can walk boldly without confidence.
0: You can walk boldly in that comment. You can pray boldly. I've shared this, uh, shared this with you um, uh, before. This, this will be something that is ongoing for me. It's been very, very powerful over the last ten weeks. You know, I come early and I turn on the air conditioner and move the things around here so we can sit like this. And and what I do is I I I, I just I pray out loud boldly to the Lord. Uh, over those doors, those two doors, for everybody coming through those doors, for people coming through these doors. I walk up and down the aisles and I think I don't this is not about me. I'm just saying that claiming the, the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit to be protected spiritually for the battles that I know are going to be waged that are invisible that we can't see over this place because the enemy absolutely detests every one of us sitting here because of our commitment and our allegiance thank you Robert for that word our allegiance to Christ he hates it and that's we should love it (laughs) yes the feeling is quite mutual isn't it Yes, exactly right. Because of his pride, we're stuck in this mess. Okay? And we have a way out. No. The victory is won. If we were going to... I want you to listen now to summarize. I just... I went through... I went through ten weeks' worth of notes today. Okay? Thank you for allowing me to do this, by the way. I've got to tell you, I learned so much about spiritual warfare <laughs> <laughs> over the last several months. Um, it's, it's been what my life has really radically changed I see things from a perspective now that I didn't, I didn't have before quite frankly understanding God's word in this area uh, has, has really has been a revelation to me personally and I summed it up this way so just maybe just kind of listen to each one of these pieces of armor the belt of truth is everything every spiritual blessing in Christ The belt of truth is that we are chosen even before the creation to be holy and blameless in Christ. We are given God's glorious grace in Christ. We're forgiven. We're redeemed. We're given wisdom and understanding and God has made his will known to us in Christ. We are alive in Christ. In the light. All truth is in Christ. All truth is in Christ. The breastplate of righteousness in the full armor of God is your integrity and your character conforming to the will of God. It is right living isn't that our desire (laughs) to live brightly in Christ because your relationship with him matters most to you the shoes or the sandals of the gospel are stable and they're firm well grounded prepared, durable securely planted in certainty you can be certain Always prepared to go the extra mile. Amen? Mm-hmm. For the truth of the gospel. The shield of faith is abandoning reliance on ourselves mm-hmm. and in our own efforts. Trusting in Christ. Believing, accepting, and being all in for the promises of God, right? The power of God. Huh? The power of God has been given to us. Mm-hmm. And the plan of God. The helmet of salvation is the protection for the battle against our minds, the battles that happen in the moment. In the moment. It is the certainty of our deliverance. You see, that's what salvation means. The word salvation means deliverance, delivered from. It is the certainty of our deliverance from the penalty of sin. It is the certainty of our sanctification and our transformation in the present, in Christ. It's our future hope. The helmet of salvation is our future hope. That is our confident expectation, our future hope of glorification. Future hope of salvation is being glorified in Christ for eternity with him nothing they can do to us. The victory has been won. And of course the sword of the spirit is the word of God used in hand-to-hand combat. Amen? We use that in hand-to-hand combat with the enemy because why? He cannot stand up against what is written. The enemy cannot stand up against you because it is Written. That is confidence. That is confidence. Being in the Spirit, that is being in Christ, means confidence in every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, because the Word is our wife. In the spiritual realms, the Word is our wife. If you thought it was something else, it isn't. In Christ. In Christ. So then, that means that putting on the full armor of God is our life. Amen? Mm -hmm. That's how simple it is, Scotty. That's what
3: you said last week. We don't have to make it more complicated than that. Just be in Christ.
0: Live in Christ. Be obedient to Christ. You see, in Christ, just think about that. I have it capitalized every time I write that. In I... (laughs) in <laughs> Christ in Christ so I can get it through my, my my pea brain sometimes you know in Christ in Christ that's the full armor of God living in and for Christ it's your life. last thing I want to read from Ingram's book it says I urge you then as a matter of utmost importance this is Chip Ingram speaking not the word of God he says I urge you then then, based on all the stuff that we've been looking at in terms of spiritual warfare, I urge you then, as a matter of utmost importance, to be strong in the Lord. Stand firm and be alert. Gird yourself. Remember the girding our loins? Gird yourself and use your weapon above all, pray. (laughs) You represent the greatest army in all of history. And you fight for the greatest of all causes. When the king comes in victory, you will receive the honors of a valiant warrior. And the invisible war will never need to be fought again. That is the full armor of God. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. -hmm.
3: Amen.
0: I appreciate your attentiveness, and I really appreciate God for revealing to us in His Word, because it is written, the simplicity of putting on the full armor of God by just making the decision... Just make the decision. You already made the decision for Christ. Just make the decision to be all in for Christ. Because the all inness is really how to put on the armor of God. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, your word is truth. God, we are so thankful that we can be confident that we can stand against the devil's schemes, that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. Lord, that we can appropriate, appropriate all of the power that is resurrection power in our lives to live in Christ. You hold nothing back from us, God. And for that we are thankful. And now I pray, God, that we would continue to learn how to use the armor in the spiritual battles that are sure to come. We are confident that the battles will come. But we are even more confident in the victory that has been won. So thank you for giving us what we need. Thank you that we can rely on you, Jesus. That we can trust you, Jesus. That we can, Lord, ultimately be glorified and we will be with you for an eternity, Jesus. I pray that we make that the main thing. And we need your help to do it, Lord, because... We are so inadequate. So thank you for that. Thank you that you have given us what we need. Thank you, Lord, that we can walk out of here even now. Confident in who you are, Jesus. What you've done for us, Christ Jesus. And what that means for us living every day in you, Christ Jesus. So thank you for those realities. Thank you for the revelation. Thank you for helping us to understand. And thank you for calling us unto yourself, God. For such a time as this. Now help us to walk out of here boldly proclaiming the gospel. Boldly proclaiming Christ as King. Boldly proclaiming Victory. Help us to do that daily, Lord Jesus. For it's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank, you, thank you, Bill.
4: Thank you, Bill. Yeah, thank,
1: yeah. thank you,